Let me ask you a question. Are you influential in your sales approach? You better be, and we'll figure out how on today's episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone once again to The Buyer's Mind, the podcast where we try and figure out the way that our customers make purchase decisions and how we can help them to do that. And today, specifically, how we can be good influencers. I'm Jeff Shore, your host of The Buyer's Mind, and influence is a topic that I'm always fascinated by because you cannot separate your sales excellence with your need to be influential. And yet the very idea of being influential is oftentimes misunderstood. We're going to try and get our hands around that topic today. Joined, as always, by our show producer, Paul Murphy. So, Murph, I'll just hit you right between the eyes on this one. Are you an influential person? Well, I influence the podcast uh, and oftentimes the direction it goes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm a small rudder on sure. a big ship. So, <laughs> but, but listen, it, it just even when we think about our lives in general, we we just have those times where we need to be influential, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, whether I'm working on videos for short consulting or uh, audio stuff that we're doing with the podcast, uh, there's a certain amount of influence that goes to that. And uh, it's important uh, because it changes the direction of how things get communicated. Do you ever get caught up in that trap of thinking, well, if I'm going to be good at influence, it means, you know, I got to get it my way and I'm influencing people for my benefit and I got to be a little bit manipulative in order to do that. Do you ever get caught in that trap of thinking of influence uh, in that way? I guess sometimes, uh, you know, if if I'm being selfish about something, I, I may try and twist things my way. But for the most part, I think of influence as uh, something that you're adding to the conversation. And so it, maybe it comes down so much of the time to motives. Whose interests are you trying to serve and, and how can you help the people around you? There's no question about it. When we look in the world of sales, uh, that is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to influence. But I think it does beg the question, influence to what? And if we can keep in mind the concept that we want to influence people to do that which is in their best interest, that, that, that sort of gives us the free space to be able to think about how we influence. But having said that, I do believe very strongly that this is something where it's, it is a mindset, or at least it begins with a mindset, but it really is a skill set. And I just want to challenge you as a listener right now, how much do you think about practicing influence? How much do you think about the way that you are influential and what do people see in your tone, in your body language, in the way that you can uh, corral a conversation and make sure that it's pointed in the right direction? This is what salespeople do. We are paid to influence. Look at it another way. Uh, if you were not supposed to be influential, then why would you be there, right? A website can answer most of the questions that our customers have. So if we look at it from that side, I do believe very, very strongly that we have to be influential, that we have to be strategically influential, and that we have got to constantly ask ourselves, how can I make sure that I'm influential? And so this is worth studying. And as we think about that, you know, we've talked in this podcast in the, in the past many times, we've referenced people like Robert Cialdini, who, who wrote Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. He's a great thinker on 
the way that uh, we influence people. Uh, and, and in fact, I would argue that a lot of the guests that we've had on The Buyer's Mind would fall under that same category. When you look at, at uh, instructors, when you look at, at uh, consultants and entrepreneurs and professors, these are all people who are paid to influence. And really, we want to be influenced by people we trust. So that trust influence connection is really, really uh, critical. And if we want to get that right, we've got to try and figure out how can we be more strategic. And that's really what I want to focus on today. How can we be more strategic in our influence? And so I invited onto the podcast, uh, Stacy Hunky. Uh, Stacy is the author of the book Influence Redefined. I, I have known Stacy for years. And what's great about Stacy, and you're going to hear this in the interview that we're going to get to in just a couple of moments. What's great about Stacy is that as you were listening to her, you're going to hear she's just a really kind person. She is. There's nothing about Stacy's personality that would cause me to say, oh, she's being, you know, manipulative or she's trying to strong arm me in any way. And yet she is quietly influential. She is a person who is worth following because she's worth following. You sort of get wrapped up in that. And I think that that's what influence looks like when it's done right. So as you're listening to the interview, ask yourself the question, how am I doing in this area? What can I do uh, to try and be purposefully influential all to my customer's best interest? Let's listen to what Stacy has to say. Well, it's always great when we have the opportunity to interview people who are true experts uh, in their subject matter, but are also just really, really good people. And uh, Stacey Honky certainly falls under that category. She's the author of the book, Influence Redefined, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be, Monday to Monday. A great, great book. Absolutely loved it. Stacy helps people eliminate that static um, that tends to plague our communication to, to try and figure out how to help us to persuade, to sell, to influence, to communicate with a clear message. She's trained over 15,000 people uh, to rid themselves of body language habits and how to choose words wisely. That's what she does. She's an influence uh, professional. She's delivered over 500 presentations uh, for business leaders from the financial industry to the healthcare industry to government and everyone in between. Uh, the client list, an absolute who's who, uh, Coca-Cola, Coles, United States, Army, Navy, Air Force, not the Marines, uh, AT&T, the FDA. Uh, I got to meet Stacy through the National Speakers Association where uh, we sit together in the Million Dollar Speakers group. Uh, very, very talented, energy, drive, passion, but mostly just a really, really good person. Welcome to the buyer's mind, Stacy. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I can stand up to that introduction, Jeff. <laughs> you you can and you will. I'm absolutely confident. Uh, tell us about your background. You live in the greater Chicago area, but tell us about your background. How did you get into doing what you were doing and, and what were the steps that brought you there? I took a little bit of a roundabout way. I started in radio. I always wanted to be on the news and that obviously did not happen. And then I moved into the corporate world where the, my first stop was being an MC for the many events that we would host throughout the year. And I mm. started to hang on to speakers, shirt tails, had them coach me, start learning from them. That led me to Chicago. That was about 19 years ago. And I did a lot of work in the corporate world, always around the topic of presentation skills. And I didn't mm -hmm. believe in it. I never could figure out why would I teach someone how to present, stand up in front of a group when in the corporate world, they're not doing that every day. And that was the time it really shifted for me, Jeff, where I realized influence is so much more than the one-time big gig, however your listeners define that. 
It really mm-hmm. is how do you present yourself every day in every medium. And at that point, I was ready to break away. And that was 17 years ago this month that we started Stacey Henke Inc. So you started to look at it and and say, how can I um, make sure that this is not just a topic, but that this is a lifestyle? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that how you started to look mm-hmm. at it? I started to look at it that way, yeah, because I think people would always go into this mindset of, I've got a high-stakes conversation, mm-hmm. however you define that, and they would turn it on. And we've all seen people do it. Yeah, They, they turn it on and they become something that they're not. Mm-hmm. To me, influence is so much deeper into who you are as a person that when you can have that consistency through how people perceive you, the reputation that you build, when you can have that consistency through all the mediums that you're interacting through, through every day of the week, that's where Monday to Monday comes into play. Mm-hmm. That's where people really start trusting you. Mm-hmm. They don't have to guess who shows up every day, Jeff. Yeah. And they really get a chance to get to know you and always know what to expect. So there's a, a real authenticity to the subject that sometimes probably gets confused. I think there is a big time. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, mm-hmm. that's such a big buzzword too, is yeah, about being yeah. authentic. Well, just break it down. I, I truly mm-hmm. believe that authenticity is, that's when people really trust you, but they're trusting you not just for that moment. They trust you because no matter when they catch you in an interaction, whether it's virtual, like we're doing today or whatever it might be, whatever medium, they can trust you all the time. And there's mm-hmm. never that second guessing of, well, who shows up for the board meeting versus who shows up when I run into them in the corporate hallways. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. hard to sustain. That right. is hard to be consistent. That's where our push is always about this concept of don't let people guess and, and really create a consistent personal brand Monday to Monday. Yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting because you and I have uh, a common interest in the National Speakers Association. And sometimes we will see speakers up on stage and will be dazzled be like wow that's that's really really something then you meet them off stage and you go oh wow you are not that person right <laughs> right there said lack of authenticity and it's it's just kind of it's interesting you you know when when we look at i think for you and i i, I don't know that we've ever had this conversation but uh when i look at a speaker that i respect the most it's the person who is largely the same person on stage maybe at a different volume or a different inflection but they're not a different person when they're on stage that that's exactly it and that, that's where I really started to pick up on it because when I was working for the company earlier in my career, I would work with the speaker prior to our event. Sometimes I would need to travel with them to the event. Really got to know them on a personal level, got all excited and confident. I selected the right speaker because by that time I was connecting and building relationship with them. At times that speaker would hop up on stage in front of our clients it was a completely different person mm-hmm. and then they get off stage and they transition into something else. Right. I, I really yeah. think your listeners, all of us can relate to it. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And it's this concept of it's interesting how we look at higher stakes than certain other conversations are high stakes. Yet to me, if you kind of net through that, anything that your name is attached to is high stakes. Mm-hmm. Because everything that you send out there via social media, via email, phone, in person, it's still a representation of who you are, how you show up, and what you leave behind to make sure that interaction was worth your listeners' time. What do people get wrong on this subject? What what, what are some of the cognitive errors around influence and, and what would cause people to get a little bit tripped up by the concept of influence? 
Number one is body language not matching, not being consistent with the messaging. When you hear someone say one thing, but their body language is completely complicating that message. That is, that is number one. Hmm. Tying to that is the lack of self-awareness of how do we really come across rather than what we believe to be true. Feeling gets in the way because when we are emotionally tied to our identity, it's hard to separate the two. We go under the concept of if my subconscious tells me that I feel good, I know this topic, it's easy. I've mm-hmm. been in this industry for a long time. I know what I'm talking about. When we live in that world and we never get an opportunity to truly experience ourselves through the eyes and ears of our listeners, now we're going off of feeling rather than fact. Fact is reality. Reality is what your listeners see in here rather than what you believe to be true. That's probably mm-hmm. the biggest one, Jeff. Do you ever uh, get any pushback around the idea that well, you're talking about influence. Um, you know, maybe there's a fine line between influence and manipulation. And that's where I tie in authenticity. Mm-hmm. You start walking that fine line of manipulation when you're not consistent from conversation mm-hmm. to conversation, experience to experience. I'm going to give you a real quick example. And I, I'm sure all of your listeners can understand this piece or relate to it. I have a customer here in Chicago, which is where I reside. I know him for a while and I've always respected him. I I see him, how he interacts at work, how he interacts with his team, his peers. Until several months ago, we went to lunch. Mm -hmm. I sat and observed how he interacted with the wait staff. Completely different person and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, so when he's back at the office, is he, is he truly influential or is he manipulating people to get mm-hmm. them to do what he wants them to do? Interesting. And once you ruin that consistency, I, I think you start to create doubt in your listeners' minds. Mm-hmm. They start wondering, all right, you said this one time and I believed you and it didn't come through. You didn't follow through on it. This time, though, you're so genuine all of a sudden. What, what's that about? And if you are treating other people that way, what's happening when you and I are not face to face? What are you thinking about me? What are you saying about me? Because I'm not sure that I can trust you in the first place. Truly. And that ties to another topic. When you said saying behind your back, one thing I always say to individuals when it's time to influence, everything that we do is building or destroying our reputation. Now, positively on that concept, you get to decide In most cases, you get to decide what reputation you want to proceed you every day of the week based on how people experience you. Mm -hmm. And if if you're not getting, if you're not consciously thinking about how do I come across, what does my body language communicate, why am I saying what I'm saying, if you're not getting real constructive feedback, and I'm not talking you how great you are and good job, nice work that we hear consistently, but you're really getting feedback from people, if those two things are not cohesive together, Mm-hmm. then a lot of our reputation is what people are saying behind our back. So we've got to give them the fodder to make sure, and not just in the words, but in everything that we do to make sure that uh, uh, they've got good things to say about us. Uh, you've mentioned body language a couple of times. Let's chat about that here a little bit, because one of the things that I, I'm always a little bit, now I'm a skeptical uh, person by nature, but uh, I'm always a little bit concerned about overthinking body language. It's like, well, I want to make a point here. So I think I'm going to do this with my hand on my chin and it'll make me look smart. Uh, can we just mm-hmm. chat a little bit about body language, what it is, what we get wrong about mm-hmm. body language? Because I know you you really specialize in this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> what what we get wrong is we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. We think we come across one way. We think we stand a certain way. We work our hands a certain way. But until you truly are start videotaping yourself, you're truly seeing how other people are seeing you. I really believe most of us walk around life being clueless. And I know it's mm-hmm. a really strong statement. I'm just building that off of all the people that we've had a chance to interact with. And it's things like if you're going to gesture, make sure there's a purpose behind your hands. A lot of times people just gesture to gesture. It's very repetitive. It's very robotic. If you're going to use your hands, make sure it fits the message. Mm -hmm. The other piece is what we call eye connection rather than eye contact. When we teach eye connection, we break it down into only speak when you see eyes. That every time you're speaking, you are connecting with someone. You're not staring. You're connecting with someone rather than talking to your PowerPoint slides, talking to your sales age, talking to the floor, the ceiling, your, your listeners, shirt buttons, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. The next one is really being open. So much of our body language is very closed. And that's whether our hands are clasped in front of our body, our arms are crossed, we're leaning, rather than opening up your whole stance, whether you're standing and sitting and really owning the conversation. Also, do you walk into the room though with an open posture? Do you walk in the room like you belong there? Then you have to earn the right to stay there too. And the final one is brevity. This idea of if I talk more, I will sound smarter. Mm -hmm. Netting that out, your listeners, really, they don't care about your 25 years of knowledge. (laughs) They just care about what you're telling them in that moment that's going to resolve their problem. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's so interesting as you were chatting about this. I was just thinking this concept that when it comes to body language, most it's, this is a very difficult thing to be self-aware. Right. It's difficult to look at it and say, so I just threw my right hand up uh, and, and, and I was making a point. And the reason I did that was no, it's, a, it's, not, it's not what's going to happen. Right. And so when you say right. we have to videotape ourselves in order to see it. Um, you either need that or you need somebody to stand there and say, why did you do that? And you did that and communicated this. And that's probably not what you meant. It's I think that that's probably at the core of the issue. We don't. Well, you just said it. We don't know what we don't know about our own body language mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's and you're always your best and your worst critic. Mm-hmm. In addition to doing the video playback, obviously, the benefit is you've got to watch it. And once you get a chance to do two things as you're watching it, you're thinking about how did I feel when I was being recorded mm-hmm. versus what am I actually seeing? Hmm. And that is where the big learning is. Yeah. yeah. Because you're going to, there's a good chance you'll feel a certain way, mm-hmm. whether that's good or not good versus what you're going to see. Yeah. And I always tell every client I work with, Jeff, the best advice I can give you is continuously make it part of your development, make it part of your week that you are recording yourself for you to really get a sense of what's working. Because like any, like any professional athlete, they'll work on a skill and they'll accomplish it. If they do the work, they will accomplish it. Then they'll, they'll take on their new norm, their new skill for a while until either they see themselves on a video, they are, they're being professionally coached. There's a, now a new habit that they picked up that is more of a damage to their game than adding value. Mm -hmm. That's the tough part about influence. It's not a one stop. 
that you get this particular skill or technique down and you are good for the rest of your career. It's a lifelong learning. You would never know, though, when you're creating new habits, bad habits, unless you're watching a playback. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Let me see this. How much of influence is about innate personality versus learned skill? I think it more comes down to an open mind. Mm-hmm. And just speaking and thinking about all the individuals that I've mentored and coached, there's never been someone that whether they're introvert, they're extrovert, their personality style will determine the level of influence they have based on the skills and techniques I teach. What mm-hmm. prevents them from getting to that level of influence that they want is their own mindset. Mm-hmm. If they push back on the coaching, they continue to have excuses, but they won't get to that level of influence that they are expecting. It's just a matter of having a desire uh, to know what this looks like in the first place and then and then the vulnerability, the honesty to be able to do it then. Exactly. When you think about, you, I know you work with sales organizations, you've worked with salespeople in the past. When you think about this subject of influence as it relates to salespeople, you know, one of the things that we have to deal with in the sales profession is that when a customer walks through the door and they're first going to talk to a salesperson, there is oftentimes a, a fear factor, right? There's a, a, a hang up, um, a negative bias, a heuristic that I'm going to carry through the door that says salespeople are pushy, that they're going to uh, manipulate me in, in some way. Um, it's one thing to be influential in a neutral environment, but are there? do you have to adapt your style, your approach mm-hmm. uh, of desiring to be influenced if you're going to be in a confront, potentially confrontational environment? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. We always talk about how we teach individual sales professionals the actual core skills to influence. Once that becomes their new norm, then we take it to the next level of learning, and that's adaptability. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tie it to give you an example here, like any golfer. I personally think what makes golfing so difficult, golf so difficult, is the fact that every golf course is different. There's mm-hmm. different distances to the green. There's different obstacles in the course, and you have to adapt, right? You adapt mm-hmm. your core skills that you learn to play golf to that course. That's the same thing as communication, especially within sales. Is mm-hmm. we get so excited, so passionate about our product that we believe everyone is as passionate as we are, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Right. What will get them passionate is you being able to speak their language to let them do the talking to guide you on what do they really want to know rather mm-hmm. than what you think they need to know. And that's, I mean, we know that's sales 101. As much as we know that, when I observe sales professionals in action, that's probably the biggest piece I see they struggle with. Mm-hmm. It's saying way too much versus turning that conversation more on the listener. Uh, we see that happen all the time. It's a, a common issue. And I don't know if it's just, if it's insecurity, if it's a lack of focus, but uh, that's a that's a very, very common issue in sales. There's no question about it. Uh, let, let me ask you this about your job in general and about what gives you joy in your job. Because, you know, one moment that you and I uh, share, Stacy, is that 
you know, mm-hmm. we, we both enjoy a very much uh, keynote speeches and being up mm-hmm. on stage in front of 500 people. And, you know, I know a lot of people in our listening audience right now are like, I'd rather have a root canal. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do we say at the NSA? Your greatest fear is how I make my living. Uh, but there's that <laughs> moment when, when we're on stage where we just yeah. feel like in a zone where we are locked in with our audience. Mm-hmm. We, we are practicing that influence and it's not manipulation at all, but it's almost like we are so in sync with our audience and we can feel it and we love them and they love us back. It's a beautiful moment. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's a beautiful moment when it happens. Do you experience those moments just in your day-to-day all encounters? All the time. Yeah. All the time. And I think it's finally gotten to the point where, you know, 17 years into this business, obviously there's passion behind it. I'd be, I'd be working at the local Starbucks or, or somewhere else, right? For, yeah. Or a tiki bar in Tahiti. <laughs> it really, to me, it comes down to, I know that what we give, what my team gives to individuals, to groups, it truly does have an impact on their life. And I know that sounds crazy because we're talking communication skills, but if you think about in your personal and your professional life, how you interact with people is such a make or break to not just the relationships you have, the resources that you have, and in some cases how you lead teams, but it also determines the money in your pocket. And when we start dissecting a client's needs, it always comes down to the issue, the true issue is someone's not communicating effectively. And because we live in such a world of noise call or such a new world of work called noise, it's making it that much more difficult to stand out from the noise, stand out from the many messages that our listeners are receiving for them to understand us, for them to want to act on what we have to give. And I, I do, you know, I've shared with many audiences, Jeff, that you can be the smartest person in your industry if you cannot communicate it in a way that people can understand does it really matter how smart you are? Uh, we're getting close on time. Let me ask you this. I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Give us your best advice for living your best life. I've known you for several years now, Stacey, and, mm. and I know that you're the, the type of person who is passionate about trying to figure out how do you do life right. So so give us some advice for, for living <laughs> your best life. Oh my goodness. This is why I tell everyone, Jeff, I'm no life coach, nor would you ever want me to be. And I can just you, you, well, okay, maybe, right? maybe you're not a coach, but you're a student. <laughs> there, there you go. I'm, I'm a student. Yeah. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. I, and I know we're, you and I are very fortunate because not everyone has the fortune, perhaps right now, this moment, to be doing what they do professionally that they truly do love. Mm-hmm. And I, I would not work as hard as I work now if I didn't love what I do. Yeah. And I don't love the every day. Right? I don't love some of the stuff I have to do at my desk. Mm-hmm. I love what you talked about getting a chance to work with individuals yeah. because that passion is so high. I truly believe there also has to be passion in your personal life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking just family and friends. I'm talking something in your personal life that takes care of you personally. Mm-hmm. I have found over the years, you might be able to agree with this, Jeff, with the level of passion and how hard I run forward professionally, mm-hmm. I need something in my personal life that's going to take care of my health, that's mm-hmm. going to take care of my stamina, because if that's not there, I don't think I can bring the best to my clients 
and now I'm starting to impact negatively the influence I have on them. So in order to be fully engaged in your work, you need to fully disengage. In order to fully disengage, you better be able to engage in something else that really matters in your life. (laughs) I could not have said it better, but yes, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, before we let you go, we're going to put you on the hot seat. Rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. You ready? Sure. Your very first job was what? I'm from Wisconsin, so I worked in a cheese factory. Of course you did. Of course you did. Of course I did. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, An album from your youth that you listen to over and over again. Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any any one in particular? No. We just kept rotating all of them. them. There you go. I love it. Okay. Uh, The most beautiful place you've ever stood. Oh, the coast of Italy. The Mm. Mafia Coast. Oh, love the Amalfi Coast. Uh, a mm-hmm. book that you read early in life that had a profound impact on the rest of your life. <laughs> Did I stump you on that one? <laughs> you know, no, I'm laughing because I'm debating if I should say this, but I'm just going to say it. Dr. Sure. Seuss. Okay. <laughs> the places you'll go. I love it. The places you'll go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a movie, a movie you've seen multiple times, but you can't help it when it comes on. You just have to sit and watch it. When Harry met Sally. Oh, great movie. And then uh, your first celebrity crush. George Clooney. Okay. I can't disagree there. All right. You're off the hot seat. Uh, I got to tell you what, that was just fantastic. Uh, Always uh, uh, great to hear from you. I learned so much uh, when I do. And I just want to let you all know, just just tons of free uh, resources on Stacey's website. It's uh, StaceyHockeyInc.com, S-T-A-C-E-Y-H-A-N-K-E-I-N-C.com. We'll put that in the show notes there, but just some great uh, resources, especially uh, her video blog is really, really cool. So uh, spend a little time uh, checking that out. Definitely uh, worth your while. And uh, buy the book. It's such a great book. It's a book that your influence redefined is the type of book that you're going to read a little bit and then you're going to set it down. And you're going to look off up and to the right for a while and just ponder it and go, how does that apply to me? And it's going to be just a really fantastic uh, read. Such good stuff. Stacy. thank you so much for being on The Buyer's Mind. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you trusting me with your listeners. Uh, it was our pleasure. All right, there you have it. Uh, and, and I mentioned to you earlier, and I feel pretty strongly about this, uh, Stacy is authentic. And she talked about that authenticity as being key uh, to our ability to influence. But she is just an authentic person. And, and you hear that. She's pretty st- uh, straightforward. Uh, Murph, I think one of the words that, that comes to my mind when I'm listening to somebody like Stacy is honest. And uh, uh, frankly, Murph, I, I see a lot of that in you as well. You're an authentic person. You're an honest person. And uh, uh, it, it is something that I think as salespeople, we sometimes get tripped up on because if we've been taught that sort of sleazy, slimy, old school style of uh, sales, you know, I, I, if I can trick you into buying something well, then, then I've done my job. And we know that that is not the case. Uh, Murph, what stood out from you in that conversation with Stacy? Well, first, let me say thank you for your kind words. <laughs> um, and I would say the same about you. You are the person uh, that we hear and you're the person that you always are. You, you are Jeff Shore and uh, there's no manipulation going on with you either. But uh, as far as what uh, Stacy had to share, uh, I really appreciated the fact that uh, when she talks about other speakers and the fact that it, it 
gave her a moment for pause when they weren't who they were um, that, you know, I, I think that happens for all of us. And so uh, it, it's important, uh, as you've pointed out, to have that true connection with people. Um, and she said that, too, with uh, having good eye contact and eye connection with the people that you're talking to, because otherwise it, it feels disingenuous. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought that was a really interesting aspect of the conversation. When I think about people who are not authentic, that is that they are one way in one situation, a different person in a different situation. I don't know about you, Murph, but to me, that just sounds tiring <laughs> to try and figure out I'm going to live half my life in one personality and another half in another. That that just sounds exhausting, doesn't it? It does. Well, and I think that's what happens for most people is when you, you have to figure out what lie did I tell that I have to cover with another lie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like you yeah, said, it's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that she mentioned this concept that everything we are doing is building or destroying our, our reputation. And a big part of how we influence is based on our reputation. So if, for example, somebody said, okay, listen, Jeff, I, I, I want you to talk to this person over here. I think they can really give you some help in this aspect of your business. And I just got, I want to warn you about one thing before you have the conversation. Um, sometimes that guy can be a little bit uh, schmoozy and you'll hear the the false compliments so just sort of get past that so now if that person pays me accomplishment what am i supposed to think i don't know how to even take that on so the idea that everything we do is either building or destroying our reputation and so what happens here is that as sales professionals you know we are on stage we we are on front stage uh, with everything we say everything we do Every conversation that we have, every email that we send, every phone call, uh, it's always building or destroying our reputation. And if we want to be a good influencer, then we want to ask the question, well, how do we want to influence? Now, look, can you influence someone by being manipulative? Yeah, you can. The question is, is that how you want to do it? Now, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and suggest that you probably don't want to do it that way, that that's not the person that you want to be. And it's certainly not the person that I want to be. So then that begs the question, great, how hard are you willing to work at being the best influencer that you can be? How much are you willing to pay attention to your body language? Stacy threw out a challenge there. Tape record yourself in your conversations. What does that look like? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to take your iPhone and just set it off to the side a little bit, hit record while you're on a phone call with somebody just to look at your body language, even when you're on the telephone, let alone when you're face to face? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to work at your influence to be more cognitive and more conscious of whether or not it's eye connection versus just eye contact? I mean, these are, are profound pieces of information that are going to cause us to be able to say what am I? What am I really? But what Stacy said at the end, I think was really important. How you interact with people has so much to do with how you live your best life. We live in a world of noise. It's difficult to stand out from all of the messages. But when we focus in that, that is how we live our best life. Plenty to think about as we consider how we as sales professionals can be the best people that we can possibly be. 
Hey, thanks for listening to The Buyer's Mind. If you are not subscribed to our five-minute sales training, it comes out every Saturday morning. It's got tips and technique. It's fun and it's upbeat. It's a great way to be able to start your sales week off on the right foot. That's the five-minute sales training. You can just go to jeffshore.com and sign up for that. It's free. We don't spam you. We don't sell our email list. But it's a great way to be able to have a little boost there on a Saturday morning. All right, there you have it. Another episode of The Buyer's Mind. Until next time, go out there and change someone's world.